But how y'all doing? Yeah, he did kind of ruin the whole uh, intro, didn't he? <clears throat> but that, that is a, <clears throat> excuse me, that would be a uh, consistent um, thing that people would say about me. <clears throat> is, yeah, it is like a, uh, they, what, I've been called the fireball preacher. Let's see, they, they say I can go from zero to 100 in like uh, two seconds. And, uh, but that is kind of like, that's my style. That's how I preach. I am a loud person, so I preach loud. <laughs> so, you know, if that may be a shock to some of you, I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's, it's what I do. It's kind of how I am. And I am a very fiery, passionate preacher. I mean, there's only a few things that I'm very passionate about. One, that would be God. <clears throat> so even people that I work with know not to say certain things because they're going to push my button. And then you're going to push the preach button, and then you're going to wish you never would have pushed it. <laughs> so they couldn't say that they were not warned, and if they didn't know before, afterwards they find out, then they just don't go that way no more. But I'm very passionate about God, I'm passionate about my family. And then one other thing, I love football. <laughs> so during football season, that's my thing. My wife says, she said, from September to February, I have no husband. Because... After I go to church, yes, I go home and I watch football. Yes, ladies, if you're wondering and asking, all day. Yes, I will watch the replays again that night, and it's the same thing you've already heard. It's like, yes, I will do that again. <laughs> so that just gives you a little idea of some of the things that, that I'm passionate about. And, <clears throat> and I have been, uh, let's see, I've been preaching how long? About 12 years? Yeah, about 12 years. So it's... Uh, if you ask my family, it's probably been a lot longer than that. You know, they could tell you, well, no, he preaches all the time. My kids used to give me a hard time and say, man, I hate it when we get in trouble with daddy. Then he want to spank, but he want to preach to you before he whoop you. <laughs> you got to hear this long story and explaining to you what you did, why you did it. Don't, you don't want to do it no more, so you got to get this whole sermon, and then you still got to get a beat. So, you know, you get an idea for it. <laughs> how it was growing up with having a preacher as a father that would uh, start preaching at any time. But you can rest assured, I do preach to myself too, that a lot of the times when I'm getting messages, even not that, that, you know, I'm preaching to me, you know, telling Trent what he needs to do better. <clears throat> Amen. So it's not just like I preach at everybody else. And I, I don't ever want to try to preach at people. I always want to make it a point to preach to you where I'm preaching to you and to myself as well. Because there are times where, you know, to give you a little bit more background about my whole preaching style, like when I preach, I, you know, I'm, I have a gift of exhortation. So there'll be a lot of encouragement and exhorting of people and, and that comes out of me that, that I also have a, uh, at times operating the gift of prophecy. I am not a prophet. I do not, I am not in the office of a prophet, but I do sometimes preach with a quite a prophetic thrust so that sometimes, you know, that will, that will come out of me however God wants to do what he wants to do. <clears throat> and as you see, I, I, I move around sometimes. I, I'm not one of those that can stand behind the pulpit and just stand there flat-footed and preach that I get excited and I move and I walk and, yeah, I could be anywhere. Amen? <clears throat> but we, we do thank God for this opportunity just to come before you, just to be able to share what God has put on my heart to share with you. 
And, and again, I am really thankful for this time and this moment. And just to give you another little tidbit, normally what I do is I read scriptures first. Thank you. And then after I read the scriptures, I just go right into where I'm going. So <clears throat> it's not a thing where I read the scripture and say something else. It's just scriptures and then boom, and I'm gone. So I will, uh, we'll just start with the first scripture we'll have is in Isaiah. Well, I will tell you what the topic is. The topic is trust in the Lord. <clears throat> and, you know, when Ferdy called me on Sunday, asked me, can I, can I teach on Wednesday night? I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I can do that. And then, of course, comes the thing of, you know, okay, God, now what do I say? Because, <clears throat> you know, some preachers, you know, can go out. You can just go grab something that you preached before and then just talk. You know, and for everybody else that's never heard you preach, they think it was great. But I never want to do that. I want to say something that is for what the people need to hear, what the Spirit of God is saying at this very moment to this particular people. So it's not just a rehashed word, but it's a word that God wants to say to his people, because who knows better what to say to his people than God? <clears throat> Amen. And so that's to, for us to trust in the Lord. I remember there was one Sunday, it was either the last Sunday or the Sunday before, there was a prophetic word that came forth. And the Spirit of God was saying that we need to trust him. And I could, you know, from some of the other previous Sundays we were here, hearing some of the things that the Spirit of God was saying to us, and that's one thing that just resonated in me, for us to trust in God. So some of the scriptures we're going to go over is going to be talking about trust, casting everything that we have on him, you know, to giving everything to God. No matter what we're going through, no matter what the situation is, what the circumstance is, we still have to trust God. Trust God to believe that his word is true, that he's faithful, that he's just, that he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. <clears throat> that every word that he's spoken, every promise that he's made is going to come to pass. He's not some old lethargic God. He's not some God that fell asleep somewhere and, doesn't, and is not mindful of the things that we go through and the situations that we're in and the things that we have to carry and, and the, just the pressure and the issues of life and just living everyday life. Amen? Amen? So we'll start with Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. <clears throat> and if I get there before some people do it, it's all right. I've got them all printed out here, so... <clears throat> You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all those, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. <clears throat> Amen. Then we go to Isaiah chapter 43, verse 10. But you are my witnesses, O Israel, says the Lord. You are my servant. You have been chosen to know me, believe in me, and understand that I alone am God. There is no other God. There never has been, and there never will be. And all these verses I'm reading are from the New Living Translation. And then in Habakkuk 3, 17 through 18, even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crops fail and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and cattle and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. God will do this, for he is faithful to do what he says, and he has invited you into partnership with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And then in Habakkuk 6, chapter 6, verse 18. So God has given both his promise and his oath, 
These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we have fled to him for refuge. Can have. <clears throat> Therefore, we have fled to him for refuge, can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. In Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. In Psalms 28, verse 7, the Lord is my strength and my shield. I trust him with all my heart. He helps me and my heart is filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. And the last scripture is 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. And it says, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. <clears throat> Amen. So I read all those scriptures, and I know some of them may have been read a little fast, but th- those scriptures all sp- speak to us about putting our trust in him, casting our cares on him, giving over to God everything that concerns us, every issue that we have, every problem that we have. Even though the situations come, we go through issues, we go through problems, they seem insurmountable, they seem impossible. Sometimes it may feel as though that God has forgot about you and your problem and your situation, and you're going through things, whether it's a sick loved one, whether it's your husband, your wife, whether it's your mother, your father, whether it's your friend, your cousin, whatever it is, if it's a job situation, problem with kids, problems at home life, whatever it is, it's not as though that it's going on and God does not know, that he's not aware, that God does not know what's going on in Libya, that God is unaware of what goes on in the Middle East, that God knows exactly what's going on everywhere in every situation. He is in complete control, but the only thing for us to do is be able to trust his control, to be able to trust that God will provide, that God will take care of us, that God will see about us, that even in the midst of the storm and all the things that go on, God is still God. He's still the one that we can look to, the one we can find hope in, the one that we can find refuge in, the one that we can put our trust in because he is our Lord, he's our maker, he's our king. He's the one that we can call daddy God. He's the one we can call on when there's no one else to call on, when no one else understands, when no one else can can help you, when no one else can come and see about you, when your mother can't help you, your husband can't help you, your brother, your friend, your best friend cannot come and give you the help and the aid that you need. But there is one and God is he. He is that one that can come and bring you the help that you need, bring you the consolation that you need, can hold you in his arms and let you know it's gonna be all right. Even when you can stand and say, you know what, even though it's going on, I'm still going to trust God. You can be like Job and say, yet though he slay me, I will still trust him. Even though it may not change, I will still trust him. Even though the situation may look dark, may look bleak, it may look as though it will never change. Even if it never changes, God is still God. He's still God. He still deserves to be worshiped, still deserves to be praised. He's still the one that we still adore. He's still God. He hasn't advocated his throne just because we go through things, just because life gets hard. God is still the same loving, caring, passionate God about his people. He has not forgot about his people. He has not forgot about us. He still loves us. He still cares for us. He is that type of God, and we have to know and trust and believe in the fact that he is that God, that there's none like him, that there's no, there'll never be another like him. There's nobody like God. Nobody can do us like him, Then we have to trust in him. I can share stories with you about my wife's mother. 
she, she is a, uh, she has several uh, ailments. She has congestive heart failure. She has high blood pressure. She has a, she, she's in a wheelchair, so she's not able to, she can't walk. She's had five heart attacks. What, two or three strokes? Three strokes. And at one time, just back in, was it 03? She had a heart attack and a stroke at the same time where while she was riding in an ambulance, they lost her twice. And before going to the ambulance, that God was so faithful in all this, just to give you an idea just how good a God we have and how faithful he is, she had enough in her to be able to call a friend that lived upstairs from her that was able to come down and help her and dial 911. All the things that could have happened where she could have died at that moment. But God showed his faithfulness. But in the midst of that, we had to trust God. We had to believe that God could keep her and sustain her life because it looked bad. She was in a coma for six days. She came out of the coma. She couldn't remember nobody. She didn't know her daughter. She didn't know anybody. You'd come back the next day. She would give you whatever name. She didn't know nothing. It took days before she started remembering things. And all of that, that's very hard, very difficult to handle for my wife to handle, to look at her mother, and her mother could look at her and say, I I don't know who you are. What's your name again? All of that to go through, but God still showed himself faithful. Not only caused her to be able to live past that, but she's still here now after even having yet another heart attack, having to go and have a, a defibrillator put in, making it through that surgery. All the surgery, I mean, there's a list, a laundry list of ailments that she's had from back surgeries to having a surgery where she would have been worse off than she was. She would have been paralyzed in most of her body. But there was a surgeon that performed surgery on her back years ago that enabled her to be able to move like she can now. Even though she's confined to a wheelchair, she was still able to move more than she would have been. She just would have been paralyzed. And God is so awesome. The surgeon that performed the surgery was a Christian. So then therefore, you got a skilled surgeon who they consider was one of the best ones. Even when you come back here, she goes to see a particular doctor, and that doctor was trained by that doctor that she saw in California. You see how God orchestrated all these things where putting these things together and showing his, his, his greatness, showing just how much he loves us. In that situation where you could have given up hope, you could have just said, I quit, it, it, it ain't gonna, it, she ain't going to make it, but God sustained her life. We even look and say, God, I don't understand. Other people have had one heart attack and died. She's had five. Other people have had strokes. Of all those strokes, the worst thing she has as a result of it is some short-term memory loss. And she happens to be able to use that whenever she can, so she'll act like she can't remember and say, oh, I, I don't remember saying that. <laughs> so she likes to put that little joke in, but she does have tr- trouble remembering some things. So usually when she goes to the doctor, you know, one of us have to go with her because she'll know what it is that they said, but then maybe a day or two later, she can't really remember it all. But that is the worst thing of it. She could have been much worse, much off, worse, much, much worse off than that. But God sustained her. God kept her. I mean, that is just the awesomeness of God where even while we were going through that, I was praying to say, God, I don't understand. 
I don't understand this. How could, how, why? I mean, how many, have we ever asked God why something would happen? Why is this? Why, why are we having to go through this? My wife asked that question. She said, God, because my wife, most of her adult life, she's taking care of her parents. Her father died some, about 18 years ago. But he had the same, he had congestive heart failure. He was in the hospital. The doctor said, well, we don't know how much time he'll have. Maybe three months, maybe not that much. He lived five years after that time. They said he only had three months to live. Because we prayed and we asked God to sustain his life. But all during this time, my wife is taking care of her parents to where all of her adult life, that's all she's done, is cared for her parents like they were her children. So that's hard. So those times like that get very hard and it gets very difficult where you could easily lose hope and begin to think, well, God, why would you make me go through this? Why would you allow this to happen? Do you really love me? It'll make you question all kinds of things, but you still have to trust God, know that he is God. And then when you look back over the mighty things that God has done in her life, because sometimes we sit and we talk and we believe that if nothing else, God did all that to show us something. While she was in the midst of that coma and everything, I asked God, why? Why, God? I don't understand. But God was wanting to show us something. I wanted, he said, I wanted to show you just how powerful I am. Yes, I could have taken her life. Yes, this could have happened. This could have happened, but I did not. But now what you need to do is you need to have faith to believe that I am that God. Because he would tell me, how can you ever go pray for somebody else, believe that God can save somebody, believe that God can go and heal this person or do something for this person when you can't do it in your own family, when you don't have enough faith to believe me for the situation that you face? How can you impart life to somebody else that don't have no hope? And we have hope in God. We have this hope. We have this hope that brings us to an expected end that we know that God loves us. We know that God is going to provide for us. No matter what the world situation looks like, no matter what they say on CNN, uh, Fox, whatever, doesn't matter what whoever the current president and current administration says, none of that matters. What matters is what God says. God's word is what stands. His word is true. His word is faithful. He's the just God. He's the king. He's the Lord. He's the master. He's the ruler. He said the earth is mine and the fullness thereof. There's nothing that goes on that God is not aware of. We put our trust and our faith and our confidence in him, not in a man. A man can't do it for you. I often tell people, especially of being of the black persuasion, that people always assume that you would vote a particular way because a particular person that ran for office was a particular color. And I would tell people, say, no, I vote the same way all the time. My standards don't change. My principles don't change. My values don't change. I'm the same that I was yesterday. The same way I voted then is the same way I vote now. That's not, nothing against nobody that may have voted for the current administration, but that's just me, and that's just saying it because I don't put my faith in a man. I don't look for a man to become president and say he's going to fix my problems. I go to the one that's the problem solver. I go to the one that can fix the problems. I go to the one who has a track record and a history of solving problems, of fixing issues, of fixing hearts, of making situations better. I go to the one that can, not somebody that can make an empty promise and then turn around later and say, well, I don't really have to hold up to it. That's really not what I meant. But God says it and he means it. God puts his stamp of approval on it. He says, I esteem my word higher than myself. 
So he holds himself accountable to what he said. So we can bank on the fact that he is God, that his word is faithful, his word is true, his promises are true. So we can put trust in him, confidence in him, knowing with assurance that God will provide, that God will honor his word, that God will fulfill his word, that God will sustain you, that God will keep you. Don't matter what the gas price go up to, because we trust in God. Because if we go and fluctuate with the gas price, it'll drive you crazy. I mean, you be trying to cut, speculate, talking about it could go up to like uh, uh, $100 a barrel. Then it could cost you $4 a gallon. Now, for the average person, that would be troubling, perplexing. It would bring anxiety upon you. But we're not to live that way. Because see, we're not a part of, we're in this world, but not, we're not of this world. Because we're of the kingdom of God. Our God says he will provide. He will provide for us, just like he did when Joseph was put, and he was put in that position, and then his family was able to come and get help because Joseph went and told the king, he said, there's going to be seven years of famine. So during these seven years of plenty, you need to store up. So then therefore, God made provision for his family, made provision for his people, all because of Joseph's obedience, because of Joseph, even though Joseph, he had to go through something, but yet and still God brought him out. This is the kind of God that we serve, a God that will provide for us in the midst of famine, in the midst of pestilence, in the midst of a storm, in the midst of all the chaos, God still can provide. We got to have the kind of trust and confidence and assurance in God to where even better than the disciples when they were sailing out on the boat with him and then the waves and all this crashing all up against the boat, Jesus is over there sleeping. You know, I was telling my wife the other day, I said, I was making a joke. I said, I can imagine Jesus. He's like, man, I'm over here trying to get some sleep. Why are you bothering me? What could you possibly want? What is that serious to wake me up from sleep? Because could you imagine? Just think about it. You're on the boat with Jesus. And just because you see the waves crashing and the water rolling, all of a sudden now you're fearful and scared. But this is the same one that you watch heal people. Same one you watch raise people from the dead. Same one that fed 5,000. The same Jesus that you're walking with, that you say you believe in, but now you're scared. You're on the boat. Oh, oh, please wake up and do something because we don't know what to do. We're scared. And could you imagine Jesus getting up? It's like, oh, my goodness. Let me get up and take care of these clowns because they can't seem to have enough faith in me to know that I'm, G- I'm on the boat. With you. I'm with you. How can anything happen to you while I'm with you? So how could you be fearful? So he gets up, says, all right, that's enough, calms the seas down, and then they just, oh, okay, we're better now. But what would have been, what a, what, a, what a way for it to have been written if the disciples would have had faith enough to believe to where they could have stepped out and calmed the sea. Or they could have just rolled through the storm because we know that Jesus is with us And I don't have to worry about the storm. I don't care if the water comes crashing over the boat. I don't care if it starts to make the boat sink. We will not die because he's still with us. No matter what happens, no matter what it looks like, I will still continue to have faith and put my trust in him because he's riding on the boat with us. And that's the way it is for us. We're going through life. We're living this life. We're on the boat and Jesus is in the boat. But the question is, are we fearful? And scared about the waves crashing on the boat? Or can we be like Jesus and lay down and take a nap and just ride? Because that's the kind of God that we serve. 
God is not all anxious and all up in arms about everything that's going on in the world. No, he sits back, he looks at his uh, watch and says, yep, right on time. Just the way I planned it. He loves when a plan comes together. Because he's the one, he started the whole thing. And he started from the end and worked his way back. So if he already started from, he started from completion and already saw it finished, even with our lives, as we go through life, we have to trust and know that God already got this laid out. He knows exactly what has to happen. He knows the struggles that I'm going to have. He knows the things I'm going to have to press through, that I'm going to have to trust him. And he allows us to go through things so that therefore it causes us to trust him more. It causes us to rely upon him more, causes us to pray more, causes us to have to get deeper into our worship. God, I need you. God, I got to have more of you. God, what, what I had yesterday ain't enough. I need more of you, God. You, where you come into service and you're hungry, there's a burning on the inside of you that says, God, come and visit me today. I'm in need of you. Come see about me, God. It's me standing in the need of prayer. It's me that cries out to you. I'm the one that come to worship you. I'm the one that comes to praise you. God, see me. See my situation. See my circumstance. See my faith. Family, God, see my co-workers, see the people that are lost in my neighborhood. God, it's me. And I come to give you worship. I come to give you praise because I know that you're a God. You're a prayer answering God. You're self-sufficient. You're the one that can do it all. You're the one that can make it all work and come together, God. Only you can take something bad and make good out of it. Only you can take dirt out of the ground and make man and make us into this marvelous creature. It's the God that we serve, the God that we serve that will provide, that will sustain, that we trust, that we lean on, that we depend upon because he is our God and he does care about us. He's concerned about us. There's nothing that goes on in your life that God is not aware of, that God cannot fix, that God cannot heal, that God cannot put back together. Anything that's broken, anything that's hurt, God can fix it. Whether it's our heart issues, whether it's thoughts that we have, even if it's the unbelief of saying, God, you know what? I just can't believe you like that yet. I'm just not there. That's right where God wants us. To where honestly in our hearts we can say, God, I'm, I'm confident of some things, but I struggle with some things. I don't understand this whole life thing. I don't understand why I have to go through all this. Why me? That's a real heart cry. And that's really where God would like for us to be, where we're always on our knees, always dependent upon him. Because without him, we can't do anything. But with him, we can do everything. Because greater is he that is in us than anything that's out in this world. He's so much greater, and he's made us to be the way we are, to be dependent upon him and be dependent upon each other. We need him. We need each other. But together, there's nothing we cannot do, nothing that cannot be conquered. And when people outside see that, your dependency, your dependency and you leaning and dependent upon God, and you're able to stand in the face of all that adversity, still have a smile, Still not be fearful. And they can come and ask you, why? It's because I know God. He's a keeper. He keeps me every day. 
If I didn't have him, I couldn't make it. That will make somebody want to know, what is this God that can keep you in the midst of all this chaos? Amen? So we thank God because he is so awesome, so great. I just thank you all for for listening to me and, and, and allowing me this opportunity just to share, just to speak to you. I hope and pray that there were some encouraging words that were spoken, that there was something that, was, that, that, that would spark you to have more confidence and faith in God because God is a great, great God, and he loves his people because we are a great people because we belong to him. Amen. We just thank you all, and if, you know, we just want to open it up. If there's anybody that needs prayer, and if you want to come up and you say that, you know, I don't have this, I, I really struggle in some areas of believing and having faith in God and, and really trusting him. I mean, I know he's able to do things, and I read his word, and I understand what the word says, but I'm just not there. Or you just may be somebody that says, you know what, I I, you know, I have struggles and issues, and I believe God, but I need somebody to believe God with me. I need help because it hurts and it's hard to endure and go through all these things in life. So if that's anybody, you're free to come up. We'll pray with you. <clears throat> does not matter. We just, we just want to make it available to you that you can have that opportunity. Amen.